Hey, everybody. Welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how you doing? Doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be uh, back on the New Media Show. So, you know, th- this is an exciting episode. You know, we've got Mr. Adam Curry in the house. So, yeah. And, and Adam, you're in the shadows, but uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I uh, I'm good, Todd. Hey, Rob, how you guys doing? Yeah, I, doing you know, I don't like uh, I don't like video. We don't do video with no agenda. It's just I've never never really never really liked it. But when two uh, titans of industry request your presence <laughs> on a Wednesday afternoon, you know, and thank you for bending your time a bit. Yeah, what am I going to say? It's like uh, we've we, how long have we known each other? Eighteen years. Been insane, but for the yeah, like been a while. That, I do. I do have to. I was threatened already by one of one of the No Agenda team, and they basically said, "If you don't say in the morning, but in the morning, Adam, how are you?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, in, in the morning, to you. That's, that's highly appreciated. Mañana. There, there you go. Hey, sounds <laughs> for familiar. our Spanish uh, viewers. <laughs> so yeah, it's been it's been a while, and I you know it, I think about holy shit. You think about going back to the beginning of this thing, I, and I, and I. I really, I was sitting in Waco, Texas, and what is it, 80 that runs through Waco, or 95? I can't remember what highway runs through Waco. 95. Yeah, 95. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in a Hampton Inn, and I had a broken back, and I was uh, in a clamshell, and I was surfing the internet, didn't know you for nothing, didn't know Dave Weiner for nothing, to be honest with you. I don't know how, I don't even remember how I found you guys, and man, oh man, like, listen to that first episode of daily source code or if, that, if that's what it was i don't remember if that was the show in 04 and it was just like stick a fish hook in my cheek and i i, I was done i mean like 15 minutes i knew i was going to podcast so from well, that's that a lovely point, story I, I i i feel so connected <laughs> that's right by the hook but but you know it's yes. true though and i think a lot of this you know, you, you know, you, you are called the Podfather for a reason. For for many of us, there was no, you know, we would have not. I'd still been a, a shitty blogger. You know, I was a bad blogger at the time, and I'm not well, that great of a podcaster either. Well, let me throw it right back at you. And I think it was something someone sent me a clip of uh, Dan Carlin, uh, Hardcore History, and I was being interviewed by someone, but Dan said, oh, and the, you know, I learned the most by listening to uh, Adam Curry and the Daily Source Code. But, but what that really meant back then is, and that was why it was called the Daily Source Code, I was talking about podcasts, and that's all I talked about, and a lot right. of it was the technical aspect and, and how we'd make uh, the podcatchers work and just what the consumer side of the equation was, but also the production side. So it was really me talking back to uh, for you know to overuse the term but it truly was a community of people who were just like interested in what this was and what we could do with it and it was extremely diverse so right um it really was i just happened to be the focal point because i'd figured out if there's anything i figured out it's how to build groups of people and kind of uh assemble uh i guess i'm a community organizer in a way like me and brock we're community <laughs> right, organizers. There you go. so that yeah that's that's kind of it turns out that's yeah. what I'm reasonably good at. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it really was a a true group of people, uh, both of you gentlemen included, in these early years that were just figuring it out. Yeah. And it was quite uncomfortable, actually, because you know, as you know, um, 
there was always pressure at all. Oh, you have to do a keynote at the podcast expo. And I, I really, I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> I really feel like it. It's like, I, you know, I, I just want to be a part of it. And I just want to do shows and come up with good stuff. Uh, so uh, I guess that all leads back to saying, uh, yes, I was the focal point of it, but there was a lot of people that were involved. Yeah. And then also uh, what you did up on stage at Gnome Dex, I thought was a pretty, a pretty inspiring moment in the podcasting space. And a lot of people don't know about that. There's a lot of new people, Adam, involved in the podcasting space now that just don't mm. really know the history of this. And, and I guess, you know, one thing I'd love to talk with you about a little bit is your thoughts on the the original culture of podcasting and why really it got started and why do you think it was important for podcasting to actually emerge back in that time? Uh, well, from my own experience, um, what the, uh, the way it happened for me was I had right. been actually the, the whole concept of the RSS enclosure had been right. figured out three years earlier. And that was something that I had um, gone to right. New York to explain to Dave Weiner. I said, I see this RSS. I see what you're doing. I understand the blogging, but mm -hmm. why don't we fix this? It's kind of this last yard problem we have where computers can now stay connected all the time. Remember, this is 2000, 2000. Uh, computers right. can stay connected all the time. Um, right. But the, the bandwidth is still, there's no experience. If you want to see a video, it's click and you wait and it takes a long time. So why don't we build something into what you're doing that kind of pre-caches that uh, on someone's computer. But then when they click on it, of course, you don't know that it's there until the program says, oh, um, there's mm -hmm. something new. You click on the link or whatever it is, and then boom, it plays immediately because you're serving it locally from the hard drive. So you're mm -hmm. shifting that waiting period to a moment that you don't know because it doesn't matter if you didn't get it right away. You know, it, let it take 10 minutes and then, then you get the alert. So that's that right. was the basic idea, and that was we were sending hundred megabyte movies back and forth uh, through RSS feeds with enclosures using his radio user land software, and mm -hmm. again we were using that for quite a while. And then I saw my first iPod, and I went, "Oh, holy fuck! I'm sorry, holy crap! This is uh, <laughs> this is a radio receiver. In fact, it looked very much like my first AM Sony transistor radio that I listened to basketball games under my pillow when I was right. six years right. old." And, and I said, well, this makes so much sense. And so then I said about putting, you know, Apple script together that would check, uh, uh, for an RSS feed, just the single RSS feed mm -hmm. is what I made. Mm -hmm. Um, and then see if there was a new item and then download the enclosure and then update, download that into iTunes, then trigger the update because, you know, mm -hmm. the iPod was still tethered to your computer. That's how you synchronized it. And it triggered yep. the update. And so then the next time you picked it up, which was typically in the morning, it would have new shows uh, if they had been made available. And that's how it started. Right. And I think that people just like that idea. I think they, they, the iPod was incredibly popular. People were flipping out over this thing. And, and we're also we're arguing, like, how, is, how can this be so good? You know, my iRiver has been fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this iPod, schmipod thing. So there was a lot going on in MP3s. You know, yeah, exactly. Oh, I still have it too. A lot yeah. of this stuff, you know, it was... It was early, early days. Remember, we'd only just had Napster and all kinds right. of things were, were happening. So it was, I think it was exciting and um, everyone likes to be talked about. That was my whole concept. So, hey, I'm making a show here. You can click here to listen to it, but it'd be cool if you use this and it'll automatically subscribe you. And oh, by the way, a subscription doesn't cost money. How many years did we have to explain that? Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I think people were just incredibly ready for it. They, the, the media the landscape was, is, you know, was technology then, right? has saturated everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the content is kind of, you know, all the same kind of boring. So that's why people were delighted to hear other stuff. That's as far as I can see. You know, Adam, there was a, um, a saying that you had in your shows that I think, and I've used it in presentations. I'm trying to find one that I have it in there. And there it's, are no secrets. It, there's, only no, it's the eight. It's, have. I'm sure you've got a clip on it. 18 million. Uh, with 16, no, 16 million, million. Worth of aircraft strapped yeah. to my ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the next generation of radio content in my ears. And, and the podcast to the future. It's broadcasting Adam Curry. Yes, like that. And I think that really what that did, and I'm going to bring it up on the screen. I've got, got the tech to do that. You know, I, I, I think <laughs> I think what what that really summed up, and, and I think as I've, I've presented this at presentations before, oh, is it really was in part, and if I go back and maybe I can steal some of your history, it really was that we had no gatekeepers, didn't have to ask permission. We could do this on our own. Fuck the man. Right. That was all part of the, the medium because. Yeah. It, and non-commercial too. Right. Yeah. That's the other part of it. And yeah. it, you know, and you talk about having, you're flying into the future with this, you know, have, you know, next generation radio content in your ears. It's, it summed it up exactly. So I, I've used this slide a lot. And, and who, who do you use that slide on? Who are you, uh, who are you presenting to? I, I present to podcasters when I try to make them understand what we have here is very special uh. with the RSS and the open space and no controls and the open standard. And we can't be shut down. It's, it's all those things podcasting is. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can be kicked out of the off, off of, uh, Apple. Mm-hmm. You can be kicked off Spotify. But if you have a website and you have an RSS feed, no one can silence you. And I think in today's age, that probably is a big message that a lot of people don't understand that should and where podcasting could come in and give people a voice when they don't think they have a voice. And it's just, it's all of that. It's all about, it's all of what podcasting is today and what it was. And the origins, in my opinion, were that what we had was not revolutionary, was evolutionary. Well, that's an important point, is the open nature of the format, um, which is uh, obviously uh, as much, if not more, attributable to Dave Weiner um, for always keeping RSS open in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with you. People have no idea what that really means or how powerful that really is if they did then people would be building alternative facebooks and of course they are there but it's you know things have to get worse before people start to figure stuff out and it gets better but i agree that is one of the core fundamentals of uh well of the whole idea the whole system how everyone came together is because no one owned it you know we all owned it we all made it better no one was going to benefit necessarily um although there was a lot of grief when i started a podcast network with uh venture capital money a lot of people felt that they got gypped well Mm -hmm. long long story it didn't work out all that well right (laughs) it was very very tiring (laughs) 10 years very tiring experience um but i learned an incredible amount and because of that 
discovered that really even making money can be done in this way with podcasting. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm incredibly blessed with how my life has, um, the turns that my life has made in my career. It's, it's an unbelievable position to be in where I'm supported entirely by the rest of the people who help produce the show. And they know they're producing the show and they take responsibility for it. And it, and to keep it the best podcast in the universe, they have to actively participate and people get mm-hmm. out of it what they put into it. That's how we came up with value for value. It's, it's been the most rewarding part of my professional life, my creative life, and, and, and probably my happiness life. It's, really, it's kept me incredibly happy and sane as well. And for those of you that haven't listened to Adam's show, you go over to No Agenda Show, noagendashow.com. And there's a variety of support sites that go along with it. But oh, if, my goodness. Yeah, thousands. Mm-hmm. I think almost. But maybe not that many, but probably close. But if you, if, you, if you don't understand the value for value model, you need to spend a week listening to Adam's show and, and figure out what they have built over there and what's possible. And uh, I'm serious. No one, no one. I yeah. listen to 100 podcasts every two weeks. No one unequivocally does value for value audience support model better than day, uh, Adam and John C. DeVore. No one. No one does it better. Well, it also took us quite a long time. Right, long time. There it is. And it took a, a lot of investment um, and risk, quite honestly. Um, just because, you know, you, you have to do it all in or you really, it doesn't work. Um, and, that's, and that's more because of just the conflict for myself. It's hard for me to do anything that is, you know, quote unquote, mainstream or M5M, as we would say, uh, because I know it's, it's just crap. And I know I'm, I'm going to be disappointed. And I just, you know, it's like, ah, I don't want to do it. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it is also, it has made me patently unhirable any, any other way. <laughs> but I know that there, there is a, a, a complete global um, network of people who uh, will support the work. And, and it's, as it turns out, I've started, you know, a, a, new, a new series uh, called MoFax with Adam Curry. And it's under the same premise of value for value. It's a different type of show, uh, but people value it very much and they're really supporting it. And, um, you know, it's, again, you know, the feedback that people uh, give us and how that supports actual content of the show. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. you build on something, people take ownership, take pride, and, you know, and that sticks. It's, uh, it's, it's really it's fucking awesome, really. And it's nothing I've ever witnessed. I've done a lot of different media stuff. I mean, really quite a bit, including some bad acting. <laughs> so what's the what what's the core pieces of that model that that you think make it work so well i mean i mean can other podcasters model this and maybe maybe build something bigger than what they have right now that can actually support themselves yes of course and i'll, I'll give you the core premise we've built it out quite a bit but the core premise is this takes work there's effort that goes in here mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you listen to this or you watch this, whatever it was for an hour or two hours, what was that worth to you? You spend two hours for different ways on entertainment. You may go to a movie that could be 50 bucks with, you know, a drink and a date. So, mm-hmm. but this may also just be worth $5 and that's up to you because I don't know what your value system is. I don't know. So whatever right. you thought it was worth. And it turns out if you leave that open-ended like that, 
Lots of people will send you $5. A surprising amount of people will send you 500 And some will send you 5000 And why? Yeah. Because they value it differently. Their life is different. Their whatever their values, literally their, their value of time versus money, whatever it is. And then the surprising thing is that people take creative license and start to use numerology in their donation numbers. This is crazy. It is. And, you know, yeah. so there's the stuff that goes yeah. along with it. And that has just grown. I mean, so that's, I think, kind of where John and I know how to, we're the perfect combination, really, for that, for building kind of a, um, I call it a tribe. I think we're, the, we're right now in a state of tribal media where you have these tribes and the tribes have their support, their, their groups, their, their media properties. There's overlap. There's peace between tribes. Some tribes have issues. Uh, but these tribes are they're self-sustaining, you know, and whether that's through advertising and advertisers that really are dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, even if you look at a case like like uh, Joe Rogan experience, someone's got to be buying the shit that he's talking about. So someone's got to be getting the cash app and all that stuff, because otherwise no one would be advertising with him. So his tribe is supporting him in that manner. And um Everyone finds their own way for an for an author. It may it, it doesn't have to be monetary. Even uh, most of the support we get is cost savings. We pay almost nothing for our hosting and bandwidth, and we push a crapload of bandwidth. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's a, through a very you know Void Zero has been with us for over a decade, and he's set up an incredibly sophisticated content delivery network. We're not dependent upon any any big company necessarily, and that's just you know. That's a blessing. And, you know, so our actual costs are quite low on a monthly basis. Um, artwork, jingles, uh, clips, but uh, people uh, who, who have experience and expertise in all kinds of areas, all of that comes to us. So we don't pay producers to do that work. We do it ourselves with our producers, our literal producers. And part of that is people who don't necessarily contribute in a way like that. So they send money. You know, and it works. The balance is there. Crowdsourcing. The is there. Yeah, it's crowdsourcing is part of what you're doing. But but it's more. I mean, but Rob, you know, it's much more than crowdsourcing. No, he, no, he, he I, has, no, I realize that. You know, I don't yeah, like the word it's tribe. Passion based. It's I, passion based. I, you know, that's one tribe is one of those words that I hear that I kind of like gag on. But Adam's built an incredible group of producers. I mean, but you know, but Adam, a lot of podcasters are going to be listening to this first time and they don't know. How many hours show prep do you do? Uh, I mean, in general, my show prep is almost all the time. So uh, I've set up a number of systems and I'm just always watching, listening, uh, surfing, reading emails. And so it's gotten to the point where the only way I could do more is to uh, go back and learn really relearn command line, uh, Linux, uh, Tmux, you know, but really command line type stuff to be able to process email and notes and incoming information and clips properly by customizing my own desktop systems so that I can just process the information. Cause I was just, just waiting for, for a GUI literally <laughs> it was just taking me too long. It's like, save this file, take it away. And I've, you know, I've got super amount of shortcuts my hands barely leave the keyboard so every morning i'm doing at least two two hours of processing the overnight email and then it's just mm -hmm. go i have an aggregator that 
I think is probably 4,000 feeds, but there's some sorting on that. So there's all these different things. And we have noagendasocial.com, which is our Mastodon federated social network instance. Um, that's real high um, signal uh, versus Twitter, where the noise, of course, is much higher. That's incredibly high signal. There's a lot of good things coming through there, not just from our own group, but also from people I follow from within the Mastodon Federation. Um, and then I do I do have Twitter, but I use that kind of as an inbox. Um, mm-hmm. So I always say, look, if, if it was just a link, just tag me on Twitter. If you have something to say, send me an email. Um, but, and but, so, yeah, so it's pretty much all the time, except, you know, like maybe the day, like Monday, maybe I'll, I'll start my email a little later. So <laughs> take be, some time off. Between you and John, though, you guys on a single show may play, what, 30, 40 clips? 50? 40, 40 to 50. 40. So, just so, so we, right. we do that too. We, we prep those too. We so just, all, just understand that he's doing, he's got 40 to 50 news information clips. It's usually comes from the mainstream media. You know, he listens to it so you don't have to. So it, it, it's. C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah. C-SPAN. I, dude, I you, know you listen to all that stuff. You need a shrink, man. I, I couldn't listen to it. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd be hanging from a rope. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you the secret. It's very easy. It's a combination of flour and edibles. It's, it's, uh, I, I get through the day just fine. Uh, it doesn't affect me too much. Well, my, my wife, is, is, Tina, is a phenomenal friend. She's my best friend, and we can discuss these things. And so it's not like in a vortex in right. my mind or hers, for that matter. Um, we enjoy looking at all, you know, looking at everything that's crazy from wherever it's coming from. So, and uh, I, I have a very, I'm very lucky. I have a great friend here at home who is my wife's my best friend so continuous prep two main shows a week plus an additional show that you're doing now so lots of prep lots of work you know so 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 people understand you want to do this you got to put on the time this is not you know you, you're gonna have to get home from work and you're gonna have to prep 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 be ready you well, know as, as malcolm gladwell would say uh ten thousand hours makes you an expert in everything and uh you know as i sometimes find myself uh clean and you know, i'm helping my stepdaughter she's getting a podcast together she's actually on the uh, on the blueberry uh platform yeah i heard she hasn't that posted yet but she's getting ready and uh i realized that i've been doing this shit for 40 years man i mean <laughs> i don't know how many ten thousand right. hours i have but yeah right. it makes you an expert and so it's like second nature i don't i can do this in my sleep the mm-hmm. the hardest part is how do i build a, a three-hour story without even knowing what my co-host is bringing because I don't know what he's done. I'm not, I don't know what he's following. It's always a surprise. Sounds familiar. It's, it's surprising right. how often it fits together beautifully. But so I'm like, mm-hmm. what are people, what do people care about? I mean, the notes we get right now is, you know, without you guys. And it, I'm saying this because it, it really affects me that people say this without your show, I would have gone crazy during, during the, uh, the lockdown. That's very meaningful to hear that uh, I'm 55. You know, what am I going to leave behind? If I leave behind thousands of people who said, oh, you know, that guy, you know, yeah, 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 that was good. He was good back in the day. Perfect. You know, and then they could put up a statue and then some dipshit kids can pull that down in 50 years. And I think you have a lot of listeners that you have no idea. Listen, you know, my, my mom is 78. 
I she walk, listen, I, yeah, the range is incredible. I walk I in the house the, and the she's listening is, to your show and she, you know, she's busting me because she's like, did you hear what Adam said yesterday? And I'm like, I'm, I'm five shows behind mom. I'll listen. I'll, I'll kinda... There's no way to keep up. It's impossible. Don't even try it. No way. I tell people, why are you, why do you try and do that? It's not possible. But I, you know, I don't remember what we did two shows ago. I mean, two years ago, I can recall, but two, I don't remember what we did. I got to look it up, which we have search engines for now. We have like five different search engines that, have indexed everything. So I'm sure there's a lot of, and I know Rob, I'm hogging the mic. So just tell me, be quiet when you want me to, but you know, you, we've seen tremendous change in this space and do sometimes, you know, what do you think about what's happening today? Let's, let's just look at today, not three years ago. Cause the space has changed incredibly just in three years. You know, what, what do you, and I don't know how much you look out in the space and see what's going on. And I know you've got your stuff going on, but what do you think about what's happening today in podcasting? Just one maybe random thing I've identified recently, which is interesting to me because it's something that we rarely have really looked at or, or understand the mechanisms of how it works. Uh, I did an appearance on March 8th, I think, in the Joe Rogan show. Yep. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. we went into lockdown pretty soon after that. And I know that our our listenership would certainly have increased somewhat during that time. But the amount uh, of increase, and I have no idea, honestly, we don't have any stats running. I don't know what our downloads are. We kind of look at, you know, how many terabytes a second did we push when the RSS hit? You know, it's like, oh, that's pretty big. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of traffic. <laughs> Um, but we really have no idea. I mean, I can guess, but I don't know. It doesn't matter because all we need to do is pay our rent. We don't need to have any meetings with advertisers uh, or agencies. So that increase was incredible. What was remarkable is how many people crossed over, uh, were very vocal about it, were supporting the show, donating, saying, hey, you know, I saw you on JRE and you know, I've caught five shows now and I think this is great. I want to support. So there's a couple things that we learned. One is that part of the reason that that transition was so easy for them, and they're not leaving Joe Rogan, but the five shows Joe does a week, uh, maybe there's one that you're a little less interested in, but it's still three hours. Oh, mm-hmm. I can fill it up with this three hours. This is right. very interesting. Never, I've, I've personally never thought of it this way, that that's how people can bop back and forth. So we fit into a, into a very interesting time slot, which I think is actually less competitive than than short shows, which has always kind of been the, you know, what's the sweet spot? 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, 57. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. I've, I've never really, you know, I, I never had an answer for it. But now I know the sweet spot is what other show on a regular basis, you know, again, we, it comes back to why would you try to listen to every no agenda? I mean, it's sometimes life just gets in the way. You just can't find that three and a half hours and they stack up and it's seven and then it's 10. You know, you got to make decisions. Um, so I think that that's, that's why I know you don't like the tribe uh, term. Right. And I can understand why it's a, a term that carries weight with it. But in the true sense of the word, you know, it's either that or cult. And I don't like cult. <laughs> I don't like that one either, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, or religious group. I mean, it's the same thing. It's uh, the same mechanisms are there. You know, but we don't have, well, we do have, we do have secret handshakes and crazy shit like that. I mean, but anyone can learn there's, you know, there's no, no barrier right. to entry. You know, there's no in- initiation period. Although in a way that's being created by the producers themselves with douchebagging and dedouching <laughs> and all this stuff. So, but, so that's, that's something that 
I found fascinating. And I wonder if people who have podcast networks uh, realize or have done any work on this this mechanism and how that crosses over and how I, I feel it benefits uh, both of us. You know, it's, I, I just see only growth for all. Um, right. So, and, yeah, and, I wonder you know, that. I, you know, my, 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 my feeling in general about advertising-based podcast networks is not very positive um, <laughs> because not everybody wins. That's right. You know, and it's <laughs> not and it- everybody wins. And, and it's a painful <laughs> experience. And it's not, it's not, you know, it's basically, it just brings in the Hollywood elements that I, I, I wanted to leave in the first place. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, Rob and I talked very deeply about that whole situation that's right. going on now, right. but that's a right. topic for another day. Rob, go ahead. Yeah. I just well, wanted I to see, dive into an area that, that that's really doesn't get talked about a lot. And that's, and you're definitely an example of it with the show that you do is the ability for you and John to connect with the audience, right. And to um, have that, type of conversation and they feel involved in the show. And, and so how do you, how do you think about the content that you present to your, your listeners in a way that makes that connection compelling and something that they want to, um, get deeper into, uh, with you? Is it the, the entertainment value? Is it the conflict? Is it, what is kind of the formula or is it just so organic between you and John that it just happens magically? And I know Todd and I have been doing this show together for a very long time and there is a magic chemistry that just happens between co-hosts if it's right. But if you can talk a little bit about that also, that'd be great. Uh, Dvorak and I are basically old school radio guys at heart. Right. So right. that's why right. we don't do video. It's theater of the mind where, where, but even especially with, with John, um, it's, you know, it's like Spike Jones, you know, with whistles and bells mm-hmm. and sound and, and drums and God knows what he's got in that archive of his, uh, <laughs> which of course is easy, easily translated to jingles and, very old. I mean, it's, it's all very, very old, old school stuff, you know? So, um, and we have, uh, well, we have, you know, like these, the, the signature jingles, In the morning. that stuff that is old, old radio tricks that, you know, that, that, that connects with an audience because people sing that the people are in the car, their kids are singing the jingle, mm-hmm. you know, our, um, our donation, we have the dumbest webpage for donations. You literally have to go to Dvorak.org slash NA. I don't know if anyone in the world can spell Dvorak. Uh, then it's .org and it's slash NA. But w- what we do is Dvorak.org slash NA. And everyone can remember it. And it just, you know, because you can repeat it over and over in your mind and it sticks in your head. Eventually you'll figure it out. And you're, oh, okay, now I, now I remember how to get there. So um, yeah. that's the basic. Um, experience uh, of of being radio guys or understanding interaction with an audience that the rest uh, without sounding arrogant is talent um right in right. order to my talent is picking the hits whether it's right. a song the top 40 i was pretty good at picking hits for the top 40 i was pretty good at picking people for employment and it turns out i'm pretty good at picking uh stories that people will be interested in or often will be very interesting within the next two or three weeks. And I'm a little bit ahead of the game. That's my talent that I've honed subconsciously throughout my entire life. I can, I can pick hits. I can't make them. 
I can't make a record. I can't, you know, none of that stuff, but I, I can pick them. And so I know, I know what's going to be interesting, what has legs. I understand the mechanisms of, uh, of media in all, in most of its aspects. The aspects I don't know, John knows an incredible amount about, in, in particular, uh, print news and, uh, right. so, you know, from, uh, and government, right. how government works. And he's an historian and, uh, he's, uh, uh, I'm much more of an optimist and he's uh, somewhat more pessimistic. And so that mix has, has been good, but it started as a conversation. We would, we're talking like this once a week anyway, when I was still living in London on Skype, we talked about 45 minutes and I'd be reading to him what was happening. What I, you know, there was the Lisbon treaty was being put together at that time. I was telling him what a joke it was. And he was telling mm -hmm. me what was happening in San Francisco, mainly complaining about the parking meters that are 25 minutes per five, 25 <laughs> cents per five minutes or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, then when we'd meet up, we'd, we'd have a great meal, which would be at then uh, pod shows expense. So we'd, we'd mm -hmm. then report on this crazy wine and shit we'd had <laughs> and this great meal, which was all part of the programming budget. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but but again, that just started kind of just us hanging out, and then we said, "Well, why don't we record it?" You know, you <laughs> make you, it a podcast. You guys remind me of like um, fishing buddies and an old married couple because sure. it's like you're best of friends, and then sometimes you're fighting with one another and cussing at one another, and then and then you're praising each other. It's really this really incredible dynamic, you know, Rob and I, I think, you know, we don't bust on each other too much, but you, you guys make it a regular habit to have fun picking on each other. And I think that's an important part of the dynamic of the show too. Well, we also annoy each other right. regularly. That's, uh, that's abundantly <laughs> clear, but, but part of, part of the success we believe, which was done purposely is a, we don't talk outside of the show. We talk on the show. Because anything we talk about outside of the show, we'll probably forget to talk about it on the show. It's that's just so right. like right. like I don't like pre-interviews for the same reason. So you know we just don't talk about it on the show. So I don't even want to know what you're clipping. You know whatever. Have we ever doubled? Yeah, sometimes, but usually it's more interesting than that. Where I took a top a clip about it or made a clip about a topic, and he had a, a clip about a topic from a different angle, different media source, and then it really comes together nicely. Um, right. So th there's balance there, but we're not really friends. We see we've seen each other at events, and then we're like the awkward. <laughs> you guys are opposites of each other in uh, a lot of ways, right? No, no, yeah. we like hey, 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 man, how you doing? And we have nothing to say. And like I don't know, I got nothing to say to him. Nothing. We 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 can't communicate very well in person. It's very bizarre. <laughs> it's like you're like, hey, you should do the show in person on stage. No, it would, be, it would suck. We I don't want to see him. He doesn't want to see me for the same reason. It's, it's it, no. So as as yeah. uh, so, you say conflict and disagreement is a is a key component of honest, the program. No, just on honesty, and we don't hold on to shit. We do not hold on to shit. I mean, okay. we've had blow up arguments and i and i've actually worked on myself i have been in therapy not just for the show but it certainly helped for the show and, and so i don't get as mad as i used to uh in fact i don't get much mad at all but you know i can get a little pissy and bitchy and uh but then when we're done with the show it's like all right, all right hey all right well talk to you on thursday it's like we don't hold on to it and it's gone and it's gone and there's, there's no no reach backs well, you were a dick three shows ago. No, isn't that? It's fr every show we start again. It's all new, uh, and, but which means 
either of us could be in, in a foul mood. Who knows? I mean, anything's possible. You don't know. And uh, wow, is that exciting. I love going to work. I love going to work. It is, and you know, I get up 5.30 on show days, go through the email, get ready. I start to piece it all together. And I just love, you know, we have a, our troll room, which has between yeah. 1,500 and 2,000 trolls in it. So it's, that's, it's, that's it's the, the beauty of room, but they're all trolls. It's the beauty of this thing is because he calls the audience members in chat trolls, you know, the rest, if, if I did that on my show, I'd be crucified and you guys just have fun with it. And, and, and they but, love being but, called trolls, but they also well, troll it, pretty hard. You know, it's like, wow, <laughs> really mean stuff. But because, and you know, once in a while I'll kick someone out, just, you know, I have a second, just like, I'm just going to kick you out troll. <laughs> Too much applause usually, and you know, but you know our our ban is like five minutes. I don't know. People come back. It, but we decided you can't have it moderated up the wazoo. It becomes unfun, right? You know, right. it's and if someone gets kicked out, it's like you get kicked out of the pool and come back in in a few minutes. You know, it's it's it. We've had spam stuff that we've had to deal with, but again, this is all community run. Our stream, we have noagendastream.com, 24-7 podcasts, all running under the same value from value model. Some of them live, um, some of them just scheduled. And so people hang out in the troll room and listen to the show at the same time. It's kind of a community aspect. And then they troll the host or whatever, you know, it's <laughs> have a good time. So what would you say is your percentage negative feedback versus positive feedback? Just curious. <laughs> I can almost... I can negative, almost. negative to positive. I, well, or is um, any feedback what you want? It doesn't matter. Um, I would, well, I would say that the, most of the feedback is positive and, or very constructive. Um, hmm. there are, there's always someone saying, especially on Twitter, you know, like, it, mm -hmm. and I would say, how many followers you got? Now I'm not even dealing with you. You can get blow. I don't want to block them. Just blow up and dry away. I don't respond mute um what hurts <laughs> is when people who are producers who support the show or, or consider themselves producers email mm -hmm. me and say i can't believe you missed that you didn't do this blah i expected so much more and and i'm like and i used to get really upset and now i say hey man that's not how a producer talks to the talent when we're trying to make the best <laughs> show and you'd be amazed how well that works. It's like, oh shit, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, you know, where were you making sure I had the link? You know, where was the campaign to make sure I saw it? You know, where was the triple emails? That's your job. So, you know? so one so, thing. Sorry, Adam. You know, one thing I, 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 there's a dynamic here that I want to talk about because we're living in this crazy knucklehead world where everyone is like. You know, it, it's, it's, it's split. Right. I mean, it's bad split. And for those of you that haven't listened to Adam's show, they are, e I, when I do a tech show, I'm an equal opportunity basher between Windows and Apple. I, I, I'm an equal opportunity basher. And Adam and mm -hmm. John are equal opportunity bashers, depending, doesn't matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, down the middle. If you're doing something stupid or trying to hide something, they're going to call it out. Have you guys had, how has the, current political thing affected the show oh uh, very much so in fact um now early on um you know i think when trump was just just come down the escalator i said on the show oh 
he's he's going to be president. I can see it. <laughs> he can do this. He can go all the way. And Dvorak, you know, laugh. Of course, this is one of our often played clips. I mean, I've predicted some weird stuff in the past. Uh, I predicted the Pope by name um, before you know before the whole vote and the smoke came out. And so, then that's just some <laughs> deduction. And I have my other reasons why I thought he might be the guy. Um, but I know that's baffled some people. But Trump, I just saw it again. It's it's my talent. I picked the hits. I saw it. I'm like, <laughs> don't underestimate the American public. They're they're an interesting bunch. You know, it's like we we're an entertainment uh, 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 country, so we understand things and we fall for certain things and we really like some things, which sometimes are brutal. I mean, look at just look at what the movies and TV shows we watch and and worldwide wrestling. I mean, come on, it, it, we got kind of a a rowdy bunch in a way. We're Australians with, you know, a real dollar, basically. <laughs> and, I, right. and I love our Australians. They know I'm just messing with them. We give them full credit for their dollarettes. So it doesn't matter. You send us a hundred of your Aussie dollars, we'll count them as a hundred dollars. It's fine. Um, so when Trump started to gain momentum and, and, you know, and we've, we've, pretty much criticize whatever the the mainstream media is doing we wind up doing the opposite because it's more fun i mean everybody can do the same as mika and joe or you know whatever everybody can bang on the president all day it's pretty it's not hard it's more fun to find out why they're doing it and you know, and and what are they missing and what are the things that might actually matter and and why are they doing some idiotic things we are in in principle a media deconstruction show that's that's what we do right. because we come from the world we know how it works uh, we've been just as stupid and mainstream evil and prostitutes for whatever it was so we escaped with our hides and here we are and so we break that down so um when the media was just loving president obama it was pretty fun to cover the other side of that because and now that would often be seen as a, a Republican Democrat slant, but it's, yeah, I mean, that, that's the life, but you kind of look at all sides of it. And Obama was also pretty funny. You know, he had some yeah. fun. If he, we loved how he did his speeches. And so when they messed up, when he wasn't perfect, boom, that was fun. Um, so now you have in a way, a little bit of a swap and Trump is so insane <laughs> that at a certain point now, by the way, we were calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas for years before Trump did it. And so that was the first problem. Like, so what you guys have been saying Pocahontas, now Trump is saying it. Well, it's a, now we can't say it anymore because I don't want to sound like I'm some Trump wannabe. And, uh, and he won. And I think because a lot of people were very angry by that. And we were covering him more. Remember, he was listening when we were covering him in the beginning. He was the stories about him. Huffington Post would only put in the entertainment section. I mean, this was a fun story to follow for us. This is great. Look what's happening. And oh my God, he's winning. Now, and everyone predicted Hillary would win. So you know, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. We can go any way we want. And we just, we, we always try to go for uh, pretty much the lowest common joke. You know, the, the, the lo more low, low brow the joke, the better. That's, uh, that's always our, uh, our standard. But, but everything was there, and Trump was the joke, and, and that was really fantastic to follow the other side, how people were flipping out about it. And I think we lost, a, now I know we lost a lot of people because, um, you know, 
it's kind of the same with coronavirus, although obviously it's serious and we discuss the serious side of it. Um, you know, my my daughter's grandmother, you know, hasn't been out, hasn't seen daylight in, in nine months, you know, had her 94th birthday in a, in a kind of indoor Pope mobile without wheels, waving to everybody from the other side of the glass. So there's hurt and bullshit and heartache everywhere. But you got to mm-hmm. kind of relevant, you know, bring it down to a, this is what we do. It's like, well, all right, we got to laugh at it. You got to laugh. That's all. That's all you got left. So, you know, and it, it, maybe comedy is, or well, I don't think we're comics, but um, I think it's healing. It is for me, for sure. So you can talk about anything as long as you can also laugh about it a little bit. Um, and I think that's been very good. But um, there was a big, yeah, a big change. People did, didn't really understand what, you know, felt like we had chosen a side. Right. Um, and that says as much about them as it does about us, I guess. That's why. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people. People have come back too. Uh, so people have come back, and that does. And they'll say, "Hey, I was man overboard for two years or whatever." But I come back, and I got to say, I'm 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 liking what I hear. So I I, I, I get that. Too. So I tell people, you got to listen to at least three shows, because if you bail out in the first hour, you you're not getting it. So you got to listen to at least three shows. Yeah. So anybody that's oh. so at least that's what I say about. People that- well, for, for most people, it's like if, if they're not there, they either they're like, oh, I'll give it another try. And then it kind of catches. But I don't know. It's it's hard, you know, getting in because you're coming, you're stepping onto a freight train. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like right. this thing's moving, you know, it's yeah. like, and there's what, what what are they talking about? And what am I? What's this in the morning? What? What, what is that bell? Why do they do that? You know, all just stuff that why are you a douchebag? What is, what is going on? <laughs> You know, why do you call politicians different names? You know, so we have all these weird things that have stuck, but people kind of get on board and, and roll with it. And that's, and that's really, maybe that's another thing as you're talking about podcasting in general. The uh, generosity of the uh, new people who were exposed to us, thanks to the Joe Rogan experience. I believe are very happy to support us because they've never been asked to do anything. That's interesting. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know, they've, yeah, they've enjoyed does, does. great content. They have been asked, of course, have been, you know, there's the products and services that advertise on, on the show. And I'm sure that they purchase, as I said earlier, I'm sure that they're using those services and products. Otherwise, you know, the, the circle wouldn't connect. Uh, and that's been something that's been very successful, but they've never been asked. I don't think, uh, to put a value on what they're getting. And I like the comparison. It's kind of interesting. So do you consider your show to be a cause that somebody should contribute to? Oh, I, don't, I would almost say, no, I want to answer for Adam. It's no. not a cause. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But I, I was trying to be thoughtful about the answer. Right. Um, we basically, we just want to uh, have our bills paid. I mean, that's all we've ever said. You know, it's just, we just want the bills to be paid. That's all. Right. And right. does that mean that um, if there's a meetup and we go to the meetup, you know, yeah, that's also paying for my airfare, but also for my wife. I mean, but that's part of the package. You'll see her at the meetup too. And, you know, it, it all kind of connects. No one have a, it's, it, what's interesting is no one ha- has any issue. And I should probably make clear for people who have never heard the show. We read the, the we thank everyone, read their mm-hmm. little note. And how much money they gave us. You can count it if you want to know what how we're right. doing. And it's up and it's down. It's left and it's right. And, you know, it uh, it varies. And 
that roller coaster has become life. But uh, we're happy and we're proud and we're super proud to, and you know, we have different levels. So that's become a kind of a fun thing by itself, a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And there are people who have been supporting the show for years and $5 a week or a month. And then all of a sudden they've reached a thousand dollars and boom, they get a, a, a night or a dame ring and sealing wax and a certificate and a, a mention on the show and it's fun mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's kooky, but and it's also the tangible thing which people like. You know, Rob, I, I stole a couple of things from yeah. their show, you know, and I tell my audience, you know, yeah. that if, if, if I'm behind, you know, and I've got a sponsor, so I've got a, you know, I got to make my numbers every month. I mean, you know, my numbers are, is I have to get a certain number of new subscribers to go over to GoDaddy to, you know, sign up for a service. And if they don't, then I don't get paid. So, what I tell them is it's in, in, what I took from Adam's show is when they're short, they tell you, Hey, we're, we're running, we're running behind. Mm -hmm. We're running behind. And I tell my audience, I'm running behind. You guys need to step up, share, share this code with your friends. Instead, Adam says, send us 50 bucks. Yeah. Right. You right. know, so I, I'm not, I've adopted that from my show is I, I just ask and I tell them why do they always respond? No, but usually they put me over the edge. Right. Well, then, and those listeners can feel like that they're a part of something, right? That they, they align with or that they're getting no, you know, BS type of conversation about issues that they think about a lot. I mean, is that part of how you think about it too, Adam? Yeah. There's actually one other point I wanted to make. Now we're just talking about, now that Todd mentioned that, uh, an important, a critical piece of our, of our system, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it is the newsletter, the email oh. that goes out twice a week known as right. the newsletter. Uh, right. John C. Dvorak does the newsletter. This is science. He is an expert. Don't try this at home. Um, I have tagged along for, you know, a good 10 years watching him do it and, and what he, how he communicates to people exactly the level of what we need. So to your point, Todd, it's like, right. if we're behind, not only will we say it, but there's a sad puppy uh, image at the end of the <laughs> newsletter. And everyone knows, oh, crap, sad puppy, send money. And, right. and, and you know, we're, but we're truthful. And you can go back and measure it. You can say, okay, you know, you can go back and see exactly what the, if people are interested in that. Um, but it, also, uh, it's an art. John's a journalist. I mean, that's his background. Right, I mean, he's, he's, been, yeah. he's a writer. He's a columnist. He's a, but when it comes to understanding uh, email communication, uh, and we have long talks about this. I mean, this has been the one thing that has been, I mean, it's an, it's an art, you know, and it's his art, and, uh, but we do talk about it often. Uh, my wife also is pretty into the, into the email marketing uh, arts mm -hmm. and, and, and her um, main expertise was is fundraising for Ronald McDonald House charities. So mm -hmm. you can imagine, you know, how that's measured is not dissimilar to what we do. And it doesn't work. Right. We just say, hey, just give me money or Gee, right. we're a great organization. No one cares about that. What's interesting, by the way, is whenever the newsletter, we joke, contains actual content, like an essay, it doesn't really get us a lot of extra donations <laughs> and people <laughs> find that also funny for some reason. Like, oh, oh, a nice essay. I'm not going to send, not going to donate. 
But when we put it full of our uh, of our fun bits and what we're thinking off the top of our heads and in a funny uh, picture or two from the internet or whatever the meme of then Dvorak has is he he tracks that very well. Um, you know that that always gets people to come. It reminds them, hey, oh, that's right, this show's tomorrow. Watch it. Let me think. Have I, have I got enough value from the show? Eh, maybe not. Eh, maybe I'll send send them something this week or not. No and big he, deal. And here's the thing, Rob. There's accountability to it too, because John doesn't cry wolf. If they've been doing good, they're doing no, good. There isn't no. the sad puppy in the newsletter. No, that's absolutely true. And and if you listen to the two or three episodes before, and if donations are down and John drops a sad puppy newsletter, <laughs> there's accountability yeah. because they're behind. They don't they don't pander. I yeah. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's accountability in the people say, Oh, they don't ask unless they need it. But, it, but also that whole process is content because people are sending it. We read notes above certain levels and mm -hmm. that now contains content. Yeah. And we, you know, and it, and it's often, um, endearing, but also informative. And, uh, you know, I, when I look at the Apple, uh, stats thing in the podcast connect, you know, I think everyone's, I don't know if, how this looks in mirror or not, but everyone's stat kind of goes like that. Mm -hmm. you know, the show starts and this is how people are listening. And with right. us, it goes, shoot, and here's the donation segment and it comes right back up. But it's not like that. It's just a little bit, you know, people are fast forwarding whatever they're doing and it comes back up. The majority kind of stick through it. Uh, and right. those who don't come back for it. Um, but it's content and it's often some of the best stuff is in there as we've discovered surprising things certainly pronouncing pronoun pronouncing uh, names from all over the world very <laughs> so complicated. let's let's uh, shift gears a little bit uh what do you think of joe rogan and his deal with spotify i'm very very pleased for joe uh, i think he was uh, in a precarious position previously and i'm mm -hmm. glad that he secured that for himself for all of us uh, and for his family, because, you know, not, not, what is it? Maybe two weeks, three weeks after the deal is announced, the uh, cancel, uh, world jumps into action and tries to, you know, mess with him from a 10 year old video, whatever, but that was a direct attack. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of thing can really hurt if you're, uh, advertiser driven and, um, YouTube is completely unreliable as a partner um, right. for, a, for a myriad of reasons. Um, so I, I think that he did an incredibly smart thing. Um, I know it's controversial regarding him being only available through Spotify. Um, mm -hmm. But again, you know, if, and again, I'm going to use the tribe term. If, if his tribe is cool with that, they'll follow him and they'll support him. And, uh, I don't know how that, you know, the piece that we talked about earlier, how you might supplant one three hour show from this series with a three hour show from other series. I don't know how well that works. If you separate, um, literally the app that you use, um, do I think Spotify will become some king of podcasting? No, I, I really don't see it. I mean, it, it, it just doesn't work. You know, it, you cannot make everybody happy and people leave. And so maybe they can spend a little more money, a little longer. We held in there for 10 years and it just doesn't work. Um, people who sell podcast networks on some 
vapid claim that it's going to work. They make a lot of money. We got mm-hmm. that. I didn't get that. I got screwed out of that one because, of course, I was too early, picking the hits too early. That's <laughs> again, right? <laughs> this time it did not benefit me. So, um, but that doesn't matter. It's um, I, I having one show like a, a Rogan. Yeah, totally. Will that change their business? Well, they need to change their business one way or the other. Their main issue is every single piece of content someone consumes from them costs them money. They have to pay statutory license fee. So then they have to go make that money back. You're not a subscriber. We're going to give you an ad. So now they have to sell these ads and that has to be all targeted. And so they buy ad networks. And so now they're in the advertising business. And uh, by the way, the um, uh, only part of the stream revenue that they have to pay to the rights holders is statutory. The other part is private deals done with the record labels. And in fact, with some record executives have stock and warrants directly. So it's an incredibly corrupt relationship, um, which behooves only the rights holders, um, but not equally across the rights holders. Um, So, yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I recently no, said that podcasters may be in a position to get screwed just like recording artists have. And I said, is it time? And I play devil's advocate here a little bit, maybe not completely devil's advocate, but is it time that these platforms start paying for podcast content? Um, well, here's my feeling on it. Uh, we have never given uh, a crap about what people do with our show, you know, they there are torrents and copies and flack mm-hmm. versions and all of, especially in the early days, people in oh, Australia yeah. had really expensive bandwidth. So we had all these different versions and, and people would make those and they're still maintained today. It's phenomenal how many old systems are still kind of running. Um so you still use BitTorrent for your show too, right? Is that true? Yeah, so yeah, someone someone does a bit torn for us with an even with an RSS feed and I, IPFS and all kinds of crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um, but where where is it going with this? The um, if and I and I kind of have a problem. You know, we it's the Stitcher example to me. Um, I it's not okay for Stitcher to um, take my show and transcode it with an ad at the beginning that's theft so you know and i don't know if they're doing that anymore or currently now no, it's all it's all passed through now yeah uh oh it's passed through good so spotify yeah. same thing i don't really mind if people can listen to our show through spotify i've never submitted it i think it's there um so i don't know who submitted that happens all the time i don't give a crap whatever so someone else submitted it and somehow that gets through mm-hmm. when it's up there, fine. As long as it's not someone else's name. Uh, but if that's going to be commercialized, yeah, then that'll have to stop. Then then that would then no, you can't have that. Absolutely not. Or, you know, pay me. You know, give yeah. me a Rogan licensing deal. Doesn't have to be much. Now, will I turn off my RSS feed? Uh my 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 show would fall apart. Our show would fall apart. Right. It's built on a whole different idea. You can't if anything, that's our, our, our never ending joke. What's our exit strategy from this damn show? Cause we can never get out of it. We can never end it. We'll never sell it for anything. We can't have a big payoff. 
uh, and and settle into the sunset. We have to keep making it for the re- until we fall down dead. I had followed that conversation up last week with it. You know, we'll probably be treated just like the music folks. So we'll get pennies. There's not going to be dollars. So, you know, in the, in the end, the, the big not, boys are. Not, I don't see the, it's not worth the risk, yeah. Todd. I mean, what we've done now is much more sustainable. Right, right. I don't For you guys. Yeah. About my guests being the wrong person. Sure. Um, you know, do we lose some people during a show? Yeah. They, do they let us know? Yeah. Um, do they, do they yell and scream at us? Yeah. But it's, it's two. And maybe we gain 10 the next That's time. Right. And, you know, and, and there's a balance. We have definitely turned over our audience uh, once or twice throughout mm-hmm. the 13 years that we've been doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But people do come back to churn. So it, it goes really back to the essence of the space. You, you need to take care of you. You need to take care of your show. You need to take care of your audience. Your audience to take care of you. And if you have a sponsor, you got to take care of the sponsor to get paid because you're not going to have much control of what Spotify or Pandora or any of the, these companies are going to do around your content. They're going to do what they're going to do. And you, you, and if you wanted to have a deal, then you're going to get thrown pennies anyway. So, you know, we're, we're between a rock and a hard place. We've given it away. For, and I'm not saying we should be paid like massive dollars, but the content is becoming more valuable and people see it. Everyone's getting into podcasting. So I was yeah, just but, out there playing uh, devil's advocate a little bit. I, I It doesn't, you know, uh, Marco charges for overcast yep i don't want a piece of that that's fucking marco's business that's right and and i like marco because he listens to people and say hey man uh this this isn't working for me and he looks into it and he and he you know and he has his own personality which i really appreciate um yep so i see you know uh spotify is no no more no different to me from marco except spotify is less impressive to me so so for me, it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, and don't fuck around. You know, if Marco started putting ads in, I'd be like, hey, man, no, I don't like that. Don't do that. So well, that he doesn't feel the like that there's anything wrong with the space that needs to be changed or, or improved. I mean, he thinks, I mean, I'm talking about Marco here. He thinks that the space is pretty much perfect just the way it is. Um, I do kind of wonder, and I think Todd and I have talked about this on the show a lot, that the the deal um, that that uh, Joe made with, you know, with Spotify could signal, you know, a, a change in the, in the medium. And I, I kind of wonder, um, you know, just like we were talking about the balance of content versus proprietary platforms. You know, I think as you look at the model of what happened with YouTube and, and things like that, I think that there is some level of concern about these big platforms capturing more and more listeners, right. And then controlling that access to, to the well, content well, and where's the balance, right. Going. No, there's a couple different things. Let's look at YouTube first. People built careers on YouTube and now are disappointed that YouTube changed their mind. That's right. So, right. Sorry, right. that's your problem. Spotify right. is trying to buy a position in a market which they can never purchase. How much podcast do you want, Spotify? There's <laughs> right. always going to be more. We're just not going right. to care. All right. So right. maybe for whatever reason, people hate Spotify, don't want to listen to something. They'll find something else. It's not going right. Spotify's problem is they need to find a different way to give their subscribers people. And I'm not sure exactly how the, how important the advertising piece is to them. I just don't know. I mean, this is not a money. It's not a profitable company. You know, this is a money losing <laughs> well, operation. That's true. <laughs> just so you know, they're not like throwing money off and they have big payments coming up for the pre 74 tracks. And there's all kinds of stuff going on here. And, these private deals can be increased whenever they want. So they need to 
satisfy, keep people on the platform, no matter what, as long as they're not consuming music. Right. So it's cost that's, savings. That's their, that, <laughs> that is their Hail Mary before they are basically out of business because they can, they're not profitable. Because this business is, it's very hard when someone owns the stuff that you're reselling or renting to people, songs, and they say, and they, at, any, at any time when they really feel appropriate, they can say, well, we're going to raise the rate. Well, no, you can't do that. Well, no Taylor Swift for you, bitch. That's how it goes down. It's hardcore. Right. And, and, and who's screwed? I mean, I think Spotify has done amazing things for music discovery, and it's, fa it's fantastic. Uh, but I don't feel good about it. I don't really don't. You know, I I pay I pay for my content. I don't have Cody or any of these. I don't steal movies or television. I value content, and I look at a movie and, and be like, oh man, um, King of um, King of Staten Island, nineteen bucks. I'm like, it's the two of us. <laughs> We're sitting here on the couch. I've got HD, 4K, whatever. It's got the it's great sound. We're going to sit here and just enjoy ourselves and look at the credit. Look how many people worked on that. 20 bucks. What a deal. I can't see it any other way. And, right. uh, and I, I hope um, that people start to, and they have to, it won't work otherwise. If people don't value content, content's going to go away. This is a bonanza. Netflix is also not profitable. This is a bonanza. It's being paid for with investor money. Amazon arguably they can do whatever they want because they make so much money on it on the on the other side. They can they can spend it however they want, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but let's not and kid ourselves. Do. This yeah. is not forever. No way. And yeah. rant. <laughs> so, wait a minute. I have a jingle for that somewhere. I think uh, I'm very <laughs> slow today. Let me see. Where is? Uh, oh yeah. Adam C. Curry's pet peeve of the day. And I think you've got about 5,000 of those jingles. Right. <laughs> I have quite so, a, quite a bit. Adam, let's, let's talk about radio next. Oh. Uh, where do you see radio um, in the next few years? It feels like to me that the COVID kind of accelerated their, their problems a little bit. I don't know what you, what's your thought? Uh, well, it's accelerated a lot of problems. Um, the, you know, local advertising died. It just, there was nothing to do. Uh, probably yeah. in, a, in a city like Austin, local advertising, 70% is event-based. So if you've right. got no events and, you know, we, we miss South by Southwest, uh, ACL uh, Live, which is a two-weekend event, just got uh, postponed until next year. So mm -hmm. um, that's disastrous, not just for people in that industry, but you get advertising. I mean, there are studios here like beautiful studios uh, that do post-production and advertising and uh, even the film industry. There's a lot of documentary makers around here, some pretty famous filmmakers as well. Those are, those right. may go out of business, you know, now, especially if we seriously go down into another, some kind of shutdown, which is looming, which everyone seems to be all jacked up about. Um, if that happens, then that's like a, that's almost like a terrorist strike, man. We, you know, it's like, you blow up the IED and when the, when the ambulance comes, you blow up another one. It's like that, that could be the death blow to so many businesses. So, yeah. um, radio, no exception. Um, 
what are they going to do? I, I, I think it's over. No one can afford their NPR fees, probably. I don't even know what's going on there if you're talking about that kind of stuff. You, you've, but, got a, um, you've got adult children, Adam. Are they listening to radio? No, I don't think so. No. Um, Mine no. aren't. They, they, they may listen to a podcast, like an NPR podcast or an NPR news update, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think most of them will listen to the daily. And, you know, that's how a lot of people will start their day. Um, but no, I, I don't think radio, um, it's still big in, uh, we have an urban station here, quote unquote urban, which means, you know, American descendants of slavery, our black brothers and sisters on the East side of Austin, uh, which is a kick-ass station. It's public, um, uh, public radio. And that's a community jam. I love listening to that station. You want to know what's going on in Austin. That's, that's the one. Um, and that's, that's really fantastic, but it's even that's limited. You know, that's uh, that can be replaced. It just someone has to come up with the right. Someone will do it. They'll do it. It may not be a money maker, but someone will come up with something, and maybe it's just a live Facebook stream or something. But they'll capture that energy. It's just the energy is great. So that's what we're seeing on podcasts. And I don't know how local podcasts are going, but I can imagine they're doing pretty well. Local local newscasts. You know, television newscasts, newscasts are very important, but they're doing shit from home now. They've become podcasters. There's no more right. money left. Yeah. They're just keeping the signal on the air. Yeah, right. Rob's a big fan of community podcasts. I'm not so, not so yeah. hip that they're going to do as well, but and, and they've been struggling for a while. I don't know. We ought to check in on that, Rob, and see how local is doing. Well, I've always felt that local had a place if the audience got big enough to podcasting, you know, if if radio truly starts to go away and it goes on demand, um, audio content online, which is clearly the trend line that's been going on there. Like, like you said, Adam, I think that there is a place, uh, for local podcasting, but, but, but it's, there's it's a, still in the future. I think there's a Dutch community podcast called cafe Welch, 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 I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a community studio, which is, community supported and uh it's kind of like the old uh community access on cable so people Mm -hmm. schedule time in the studio and it's phenomenal and it's very successful uh because all and the netherlands very small uh country 17 million people uh, high proper uh, penetration of public state finance and to a degree state-run uh, broadcast networks, a lot of commercial, but I mean, and it's very political. Everything's very political. So, you know, you can't really do much. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no MSNBC, Fox news, you know, um, mixture. It's all one side and you, and no one else can get in. And that's not even political. It's just you, you, whatever the government wants. And the all government right. is kind of center, right, actually. Um, or that's what they claim to be. So, you know, the community podcast is really kicking ass there. In um, April, May, and probably even June, we've had close to 100,000 new podcasters come into the podcasting space every month. So oh we God, know. Where is this space? <laughs> okay, well. How can I, think, I visit all these people in the space? Do yeah. I have a pass to the space, Todd? <laughs> so anyway, we've got, 
we've got the because I love you. We got these new creators coming in, and we know a bunch of them are going to die in the vine immediately. Creators in the space. Creators in space. Sorry, I I love you, man. That's beautiful. I love it. So the space is filling up with podcasters, Todd. Creators, man. Yeah. So Rob keeps asking this question. I, I think it'll solve itself over time, but with this with this mass influx, we got to build the audience. What what's it going to take to you know? I don't know anybody doesn't know hasn't heard of a podcast. If they have, they've been living like a you know in some community that doesn't have internet or anything for twenty years. But what what do we do? What do we do to grow grow the audience size? Uh, well, I think. Um... The uh, it depends, you know, because not it, it, there's so many different kinds of of formats, etc. Um, right. So obviously, if you, if you look at what uh, what Joe did out in L.A., and I think what to agree the old Pod Show uh, initial crew and going back before that, how we would and we didn't really have all the mechanisms to be on each other's shows, but sure. I think that that does help when appropriate, although. It, you know, it can become incestuous pretty quickly, but also I've found myself more frequently, um, going to podcasts for clips over mainstream. Uh, and whereas that used to be for sheer entertainment value, as in listen to this crazy shit, um, (laughs) what you often find, this was the first clue is that the very same people who are reserved and, um, appropriate on uh in a mainstream news interview are very loose and very different on a podcast in a podcast scenario and so that so we're seeing that the interesting stuff is now happening in the mainstream podcast division not in and hey man we need those guys too Uh, and in fact more than ever they don't even realize how good it is the stuff they're doing because they're letting so much slip through the cracks like the truth always wants to come out. You're like, holy crap, they don't even know what they're saying. And it's information right. that doesn't get into the newspaper or doesn't get into the into the, sure. the nightly news. Yeah. So, but not, not only that, but I'll 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 grab a few quotes from Rogan's show. You know, and we credit and we put it links and everything, and make sure everybody knows where we got it from. That's the whole point. That also helps. Now that's the kind of that's how I can help. I don't know how other people can help. I think that's how I can help. You know, we learned very early on that that cross promotion and promoting clips and stuff was really valuable. Then for some reason, we all crawled into our shells and it was me, 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 and not a lot of this of what you've said here. So I think you're on cooperation across the industry is it's, it's been a challenge that that actually is a great lead into my other question for you. What's your thoughts on the formation of the podcast Academy? Well, or have you been following it all? I, well, of course, I followed some. Uh, you know, it, some things have gotten a little confusing, confusing for me mm-hmm, as to mm-hmm. like we've got Podcast Academy, Podcast Awards, <laughs> we've got Podcaster Hall of Fame. Um, right. I, I, I kind of remember you guys involved in that, and so like to me, like you're the you're what's going on. Um, right. So right. before you explain that to me, I feel that why shouldn't we have our own circle jerk? I love it. I love having an academy where we honor each other and we learn from each other 
and uh, and it's it's a circle jerk. It's great. It's a, it's, a, it's like the like like the producers guild or like the directors guild. Right. There's nothing right, wrong right. with that. But let's not be phony about it. Right. It's a circle jerk, fun place to hang out, and you want to be recognized by your peers for something you've right. done or for some success you have. Um, and it legitimizes stuff too. The, I mean, how we haven't won a, a po- I don't know when the last time we won an award, but you better believe we're still the award winning podcast, according to the Mueller report. We are award winning. And, and, and in fact, right. you are honored. You are the, you have the Adam McCurry podcast. No, the Adam McCurry's People's Choice Award category on yes. the podcast awards. Yes. Yes, I was I was very pleased. This was quite an honor. I, I was I was like, holy crap, that's kind of cool. That was very nice. Very nice. That's as I said, you know, that and some statue, you know, that some kids will pull down in fifty years. I'll be very right, happy. Exactly. I'm just gonna take you down. Just a plaque in the future podcasting, like it'll have to be in like somewhere like Cleveland, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It'll take thirty years before it's built, because that's how it always goes. We took forever for the Rock Roll Hall of Fame. So well, somewhere we'll have a shack. And uh, I want a plaque. That's that would be I'd, I'd be so happy with that. A plaque. Where where would we put a podcast hall of fame physically? Oh. Good question. Right? I don't know. Oh, you're gonna start yeah, something I, where, here. Wherever wherever uh land is cheap. Is <laughs> 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 that, that kind of the podcast way? Like we're low swamp rent, land out here, so Adam. Yeah. If, if, I, if, uh, I, if if we put that thing on Fifth Avenue somewhere in Manhattan, I'll come back from the dead and I'll burn it down. That would be so wrong. <laughs> Can't do that. It's got to be cheap on the. Yeah, because yeah. you wouldn't be able to afford the property taxes on it after ten years. So yeah, exactly. right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, Rob, so, you just opened a can of worms. That, 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 I, that yeah. answers the question. I, I, I mean, and if anything, okay, if anything, here's an opportunity. We all just sat through a very weird award season, uh, highly politicized, all kinds, and a bunch of douchebags, really. I mean, there's a lot of talent, and I'm very appreciative, but now we have no hosts, and it's all... And we're all kind of watching the TV for, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? Whereas the best comedians in the in the world are hugely successful because of their podcast. Why isn't our award show and our Academy induction ceremony? I used to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction right. dinner. It was locked down, no media, $10,000 a person. And and you and we all dressed up in tuxedos like idiots. You know, it's Phil Spector in a fucking tuxedo. You look like an idiot. Yeah, it's <laughs> all right, man. Hey, Howard Stern, man, you look like a tall idiot. So do you, Curry. And and it was rubber chicken, but the jam. It was about the jam, and everybody had a good time. And of course, then they hoarded right. out, and then it had to be live on TV, and MTV got it and it ruined it. But it had a very very good long run. Why don't we have? Some crazy shit. We can be the award show of all award shows. We have right. an opportunity. People would actually care. Careful, because iHeartRadio is trying to capture it with their with their award show. But For, again, the first a ever correct lame ass <laughs> piece of shit show. Who gives a crap about of their own talent? You know, right. we've got Rogan, we've got Corolla, we've got uh oh my god, how many comedians do we have in podcasting could be a part of this? It's right. for a host. Or whatever, and 
spice it up. Let's not try to be like them. And then let's just say it's a circle jerk. And it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be good. It'll be very inspiring for people. Mm-hmm. And, and ban yep. people from spending money on PR campaigns, ban money on, you know, because that's what buys the, the real Academy Awards. It's, it's, it's all about checkbooks and all kinds of minutia. So well, I, I prefer personally, I prefer a, a blue ribbon panel and it can be quite large, you know, but it's known who's on it, what the credentials are. Everybody can see it and they choose all the categories. And if you want, I mean, you do the people's choice. Okay, that's fine. But we get one people's choice. And just do your categories and have appropriate people. It's an academy. We're the experts. I don't want too much democracy in this. Just let's let's get the real, you know, like like the academy used to be. The academy is now a political piece of crap. No one's going to make a huge amount of, I mean, yeah, the, the creators in the space themselves may benefit if they win an award. But there's right. not going to be a whole network of, of stuff behind it. That's, it's just those days are over. And and we already do not necessarily have an entire industry that depends on the success of every single show. Sure, there's commercial ones, but it, it, as a whole, let's just make it fun. Like the right. adult video awards used to be fun, and then they ruined that too. I mean, we we can it could be good. I would show up if it was nuts. It would be if it was just fun and 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 comedic and. And we do our, I, we need to do a dead segment. You know, I'll do that in one year, you know, like, oh, here's who passed away. Very sad. We'll play some sad music. Yeah. And we can get someone to come and we got musicians who will come in and, and play music. Yeah. Just think about the possibilities if we really did it. And, you right. know, well, it would take, we're trying to pull together. Adam. We have to we're, figure out how to pay yeah. for it. That's right. the key. <laughs> That's been the key for the podcast wars for the past 15 years, how to pay for it. You know, I think for the first year last year, we actually right. broke even, you know, so yeah, it's the key yeah. is how to pay for it. Right. Well, right. typically that's where union dues come in now, don't they? And that of course is going to be the rub. Does anyone want to pay any kind of membership fee or dues? Uh, they everyone wants, if you want it to be by sponsors and it's going to be a sponsor party and then we're just going to be as bad as the rest. Yeah. This They've opened it up this year. It's 50 bucks for the, until September. What, what Rob's you need to put on a kick-ass show. The one I just said, right? No, you that's, know, I mean, you, that's what you I know, would love to put on Adam. About. So it would be great to, it'd be great to have you as a member of the podcast Academy too. We'd love to get you involved somehow. So, yeah. Oh yeah. As long as it's not too much work, as long as it's just hanging out with good parties and choosing the best people. Right. <laughs> Think so, about the parties we used to have. How, how, seriously, how much money would you need to put on a kick-ass awards? And, you know, you, we can't pay talent, but you got to pay for some transportation, you know, some lodging. Pay, pay for some you know, trophies. Some and some, what is it, $150, you know, $200,000? Probably, probably $200,000. Probably 200. Right. Yeah. I'll take, well, it's something to consider. People right. want a good party. You'd be surprised how many people would, would pony up. Well, hopefully we can get this COVID thing under control and people will feel comfortable to come out again to an event like that. Right. No, I think this should be the coming out from COVID. Yeah. Besides like the podcast awards are just breaking the mold. Here we go. Right. Okay. You're not right. excited by that. No, is, no. you know, as I've said, uh, we're not, Rona is not going away. Uh, as soon as no, we well know, not it's going not going away. away. Nothing's <laughs> going away. So <laughs> I do have some questions from the to- troll room. 
Oh, okay. All right. Dave Jackson asks, he always jokes about writing a book. Is he writing a book? I started writing my, I'll tell you what's going on. I started writing my book and I wrote uh, a bit and uh, sent it to, I got an agent or agent found me and, uh, and we got an offer and I looked at, and this was in November, October, November last year. And, and I looked at the, what, uh, what a contract is these days with non-disparaging clause (laughs) and, uh, you know, appropriate behavior clause. I'm like, no, I don't even want to argue with you about it. I really don't want to argue. And so I've been kind of going back and forth. I was like, I can make this a podcast in a way that is kind of a hybrid of a book and a podcast. And then I saw the Beastie Boys documentary and I thought, oh man, that's what I want to do. I want to tell my stories on stage with video and, and eventually with dancers and a band or something. And so I've, I've actually been talking to a few people about, you know, something, but, but it's, it's, it's not just a musical laugh show, but there's, there's a, as I look back, there's a reason to my existence. And I think, um, it's interesting to see what I've discovered along the way. And I think someone, we could have a, especially people who, who the target is obviously going to be 40 plus because of heavy MTV influences, but we shared something. We shared something very big and important, um, especially like there's little segments like the Headbangers Ball people. You know, we shared, we shared something. Um, and with that came, I mean, we, we grew up with the first luggable phones and from fax machines to... Um, you know, an incredible revolution around us and cable TV was a joke. It was a, it was like, it's not really TV. No one really advertises on it. And from there, you know, through to podcasting and, and iPhones and, and where does this lead us and what, what have we learned and what, what mistakes have we made and what power do we have that we're not taking advantage of? So sounds a little fuzzy, but just imagine that with, dancing girls and perhaps a celebrity appearance by a band and then uh, and then and then the stories from my life supported by audiovisual i i just don't know if a book is that interesting it just seems like a big pain in the ass and it's a thing but i don't know if i'm interested in just having that thing sounds you know like I mean? a blast i'll bring a bottle of jack <laughs> my target is vegas i want a residency in vegas that's the target so if I can get my shit together, you know, maybe I can go on my buddy sh- uh, Joe's show and promote it, and then uh, maybe it'll work. Well, that's you know, a, a girl can dream. In the meantime, I'm just doing podcasts here in the studio at the house. Is that your exit strategy? Is the uh, residency in Vegas? No, there's no exit. <laughs> we're we're doing it until we die. I mean, there's not. It's what I do. That's what that's someone what asked me the other day. When are you going to stop podcasting? And I said, when it quits being fun. That's when I'm going to quit. You know, and so far it's oh, fun. Yeah, for sure. It, it, I mean, I think I'll always do it, but if there was something that wasn't fun, then I'd, I'd stop doing it. But I've never, I've never, never had that, that just stop being fun. Oh no, not with this. No, not so, at all. Uh, it's, yeah, I agree. So in your wildest dreams, would you have ever imagined that this space <laughs> is what it is from those days in September and October of 2004, when you guys were like figuring this shit out? I had a moment, um, 
couple months ago when I said, I, if you had asked me in 2003, 2004, even earlier, I guess, when we came up with the basic concept, but let's say the 2004 iPod discovery, if you had told me that at some point in the future, I would be playing clips of the vice president, former vice president from his podcast <laughs> uh, on my podcast, that by itself would have kind of blown my mind. Uh, now, by the same token, when I first started in the internet and I, and one of our first clients was, the first client was Anheuser-Busch. I built Budweiser.com, BudLight.com. And when I met uh, um, Grinder, that's uh, August Bush the, uh, the third, and he said, ah, you internet boys. Uh, whatever, I don't care what you do, but you're never going to put no internet shit on my bottles and cans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and the first thing we did was the born. Do you know the story of the born on date? No, I no, don't. No, I don't remember that. So, uh -uh. so we were going to build this website, which is basically a lot of marketing, you know, and also brewmasters quarters, you know, learn how they make the beer and the Clydesdales and the racing team. And so it was just the, a plethora of content that we were just putting together. So we would go in and learn stuff. We'd go to St. Louis and, you know, it was just a great vibe. Everyone's, you know, fucking amazing people, but very buttoned down, you know, monogrammed uh, shirts and everything. And, um, and so we learned from the brewmaster that the, there was a barcode on the, on the bottles and cans. And that barcode was just the barcode back in the day. He said, you know, you can tell, down to the quarter hour when this rolled off the assembly line. And we went, oh, cool. So we created a, a, a born on date calculator. We, we, the name born on came from us. So you could input your code. You know, we didn't have scanners back then, but it had the digits under it. And then it would say, oh, your beer was born on blah, 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 this time. That is now to this day, literally on every can and bottle of Budweiser born on date. So, you know, these are things that, I can't believe happened. It's just uh, one of hundreds of stories. Right. This is one of my many stories. <laughs> yes. It's one of my many, many stories. I've got lots of sail uh, stories as a sailor, but I can't tell those stories because, uh, the God, it's okay. It's not gay when you're underway. Everybody understands. I was never, I was, no, I was we know our Navy men. We are totally okay. With was never Navy underway. Guys. I was always a P3 guy. So, uh, yeah, oh, none of those shenanigans for me. It, you got lucky. <laughs> so we are coming down to the, the 90-minute mark. We always seem to get there. And, you know, Rob and I do this show the same way. We show up. We don't do pre-planning. We don't even have a plan on what we're going to talk about. So I think we've done pretty good today. Um, of course, Adam, you've helped us along here a long way today. Rob, any final questions for? for no, I just am, you know, it's been such a, a fun journey to be involved in the podcasting medium all these years. And Adam, and you started it out and there, there, there was so much energy. I mean, I think the biggest memory that, that I have is your, your keynote that you did at Gnomedex in Seattle. Um, and you played your, I mean, you basically did your podcast up, up on stage. I know Todd, you were there and it was, was just a magic a moment really in this medium. Setup right. too. It, wasn't, it messed up in the beginning. I think I had to restart. Yeah, you right. did. Yeah. I right. think you're cussing well, the computer well, out. Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my, oh my, 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 how, oh, thank, that was, you know, that's my, been my parallel project. 
I always thought, man, if we can make a good podcast and it works in this way and you get it on your little device, we should be able to create them on the small machines we have. You know, that's, that's always been my, my push. And certainly it's now all available, you know, you just put it together for whatever you need, but man, it was tough back in the day, especially trying to do digital. Yeah. And I know that you tried to come up with some hardware to it a few times in the past as well. How did that work out for you? <laughs> well, that didn't work out very well. Yeah. Um, it was called Podcaster Pro and uh, right. I concepted it, designed it. Um, we It was three partners and the engineering partner, uh, he got the concept working, um, but I, he never got it to a prototype stage and he basically lied to us and we had marketing running and we had a um a, fun, a crowdsourcing campaign and you know i i just well we're just there's no way we can't we can't get our prototype in so it's we're we don't really have anything to sell yet and we might as well just stop and re- refund everyone our money and i was pretty sour because we'd worked on it for like a good two years and i just got screwed and so that was my own fault that I, I i was a little too um uh gullible i guess in a way interestingly um uh, rotor came intent, up though. with the rotorcaster right. pro which right. close i mean i feel they really um came close enough that if i was like that i could probably go after him for something i don't feel like i don't give a crap um but i will say this because this is perhaps the forum um, I followed them very closely, and um, what they have put together is almost, almost exactly what I would want. And with their latest update, they came within—I mean, just a millimeter of what I want. So, um, hopefully, someone uh, who's watching or listening to this will uh, hear me. And when I say, please add a noise gate to your other channels so that mm-hmm. someone using clean feed or Skype through USB or even the TRSS connection could also be gated, I would be this device's biggest advocate. Uh, and I'm, so, but I'm not bitter because my version it had, hardware is called hardware for, for a reason. It's hard. I'm not. (laughs) I am good at making content and picking the hits. But I'll tell you, if they would only fix that, oh my God, it would be a perfect device for how I like to produce uh, my podcast. It would be Mm -hmm. phenomenally good. Um, So I hope they do that one day. And Adam, for the record, those guys are really open. You need to you need a contact. I'll send you a contact. You can send that over to them. They listen. They they really do. So. They well, need to send me a check from time to time. Oh, that's, that's probably true too. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, send me a device. Add the gate. Send me a device. I'll I'll be your proponent forever. Uh, it's it's very very close to what I consider to be dynamite. It truly is. It's very close. What do you guys? Think? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's a no. Fa- I think it's terrific too. I, yeah. If I had had that device five years ago, I'm looking at mm-hmm. what I have over here. I'm like, why do I need you? You know? It's, yeah. It's, well, it's like for my my stepdaughter. You know, I'm I'm doing engineering for her. Um, but this would be perfect. You know, but I but 
gating is such an important part of how I make my sound. And I think everyone can benefit from it uh, who doesn't have a, a good noise proof studio or just, you know, it really helps you kind of shape your sound in general in the beginning. If it, if it's, if it's, you know, you're not amplifying mm -hmm. noise and everything, right. or you're trying to figure out EQ. Um, it's just, I don't, I just, they just haven't quite made the connection that we need to have that gating function on those additional three channels. That's it. And then send one to my PO box. <laughs> Sounds pretty simple. All right. So Adam, uh, where can they go to find you? Hour and a half's not enough, but where can they listen to you six hours a week? Uh, well, you can always follow me at, uh, on Twitter, Adam Curry, at Adam Curry on Twitter. Curry.com is where you eventually get to my blog. And uh, you can just pretty much type No Agenda Show into any search engine. You'll find us. Or to go directly to our new website, our forthcoming new website, go to RonaRadio.com, and that will uh, <laughs> forward you. Forward you to our, uh, our our new website, which includes uh, transcriptions and clickable links in the transcripts and uh, search engines galore and resources, all the show notes. It's, it's it is by itself quite a data repository that we have an archive of because all all our clips are all archived. You can search those. Um, everything is structured, so it's really searchable. It's it's very impressive what people have put together. And now, again, that's just. Our producers, dude's name Ben, out there doing that, and dudette's name Bernadette. Rona Radio, hilarious. RonaRadio.com. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. All right, well, um, Adam, thanks for coming on. Of course, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. Rob, um, I'm on Twitter as well at Rob Greenley with two E's and uh, or RobGreenley.com, and you can certainly send me an email if you want to, uh, Rob G at Lipson.com. And for those of you listening to the show for the first time, because Adam's been here, make sure you go to newmediashow.com, subscribe to the show. You can get a PhD in podcasting. If you listen to all 400 some episodes we've done, we appreciate you for being part of the family today. Everyone take care. We'll see you next Saturday at noon Eastern. I think. Yeah. Noon Eastern will be on on Saturday. Right. Adam, thanks. Right. Take care. No, thank you both. And uh, it was quite a pleasure to see both of you and to talk with you uh, af again, after all these years, um, uh, and yeah. I really appreciate everything you've done um, for not just podcasting, for, but for everybody really who's involved in it, because you have and uh, you've stood out. And uh, it, from my end, it's very much appreciated because it made a big difference. Thank well, you. thank you very much, Adam. And yeah. we appreciate your your founding of this medium. We wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for for your efforts. So, uh, well, let's have a party. Yeah. You want a grant? Right. Find it. Let's go. And right. I'll, and I'll right. bring the jack. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. We'll see you next Saturday here on the New Media Show. Take care. Okay. Bye.